0: Club contains adult language. It is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, this is Anne Moore and
1: I'm the newest member of the Freestyle Club. This is the Freestyle Club
0: with your host, Mr. Negative 100 on the rudeness meter, Nick Cologne, and CPR, Jose Ortiz.
2: Welcome to this week's edition of the Freestyle Club. My name is CPR Jose Ortiz, and I'm being joined by the broken one, Nick Colon. Broken!
0: Oh, to set broken. you free. This
1: broken. love is broken. Hey, what's up, everybody? Of
2: course, the unknown admin, Rafael Reyes, is on assignment. So we have Nick Colon hosting with us this week. Doing a great job. I loved him in the freeze episode. We had a lot of fun with that. But uh, this week, we have a very special guest, an icon in the Mic Mac era of freestyle. Please welcome and more.
1: What's going on, people? How you doing, guys? How's everybody?
2: I'm truly happy to have you here. You're one of the uh, first Mic Mac artists from the genesis, the, the starting point of Mic Mac Records. How did and Moore come to be? Was and Moore one person
1: singing or was it a group? Well, uh, and more was a group. It started as a group. Me and uh, Sapphire's brother, we came up with, you know, with the concept. He wanted to start a group. So he came to me and he said, listen, you know, let's, let's see what we can do. Well, he introduced me to Frankie Colors. He goes, yo, I know this kid that he plays keyboards. I said, bring him aboard. Let's see what he got. So I remember Frankie with a Casio. He came with a Casio and he started playing. I said, yo, this sounds good, man. This kid is talented. So let's go from there, you know. From, so it started with that. So... Um, and then we, you know, we got another kid, you know, that he was a, uh, he was one of our good friends, and um, he came on board. So it was four of us. It was Juan. His name was Juan. And the the the, the way Anwar was supposed to have uh, branched was, we uh, was going to go live. Everything was going to be played live, instruments. So we told the guys to go take classes, keyboards, uh, take classes for drumming and also for guitar. Things didn't go the way it was supposed to happen. But uh things went on and and that's how we formulated Ann Moore. And we wasn't called Ann Moore yet until we went into studio with Albert Cabrera. He's the one that actually gave his name Ann Moore. That's how it came about. And uh, things went on and you know everybody went their own ways and that's what happened.
0: This is the freestyle club.
2: When you were featured on micmac records and uh, you released your first single, "You'll
1: Never Find Another Love," was that just you, or was that the group itself? Well, it was just me. It was me and Frankie Collins. We did that. We produced the song, and we had the guys on board as well, part of our coming out. So we had Angel Juan. Basically, when I went into studio, I did the uh, the, the drum patterns. Frankie came in, did the keyboards, and just started building up from that. And it was just us. I came in and did the vocals. Um it was it was a, let me tell you it was a blessing to do that because I had uh, Mark Anthony also came down. He was in studio. Uh then sapphire was in studio when doing the vocals for that. But so you'll never find another love. You never find another love like mine. You look and you look, you never find love. A love like mine is hard to find. And wait, you look and you look, you never find love. So is there a secret version with Mark Anthony? <laughs> well, it's funny that you say that because Mark, you know, when I was doing the vocals, when I was putting down vocals, he was actually, you know, training me, you know, do it like this, do it like this. And in the beginning, you know, so it, it, you know, it was it was interesting because I got him on a cassette and everybody wants me to, you know, always up that cassette. and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> I have a cassette with him singing You'll Never Find Another Love, the whole track. So and it was crazy because it, it changed from that, you know, because I, I added more to You'll Never Find Another Love as I was listening to it. That's when we came up with the songs. I was actually curious, like what your involvement was you know did you do writing on the record yeah that's did, you, me. did you have input on the um the direction the music went? so knowing that you did the percussion that's actually uh pretty cool because not a lot of um artists from back then they didn't you know get involved too much with that stuff they would just pick to sing the song and that's it my background goes way back i grew up with a lot of musicians as a kid especially in the salsa era i grew up with a lot of like uh jr i know el canario all that, I took it and blended it into what I like doing.
2: There's a lot of comparisons between freestyle and salsa. One of them is that the older the song gets, the better it is. Our Latino people, very meticulous with, with salsa and freestyle. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes they don't accept newcomers. And so exactly. when they hear that classic sound, they, they want to hear that classic sound. They don't accept anything else but the classic sound. And, exactly. and to them, the older the song, the better. El gran combo. Even now he went to
1: Santa Rosa, you know, he's a classic singer now because that's that's one of my that's one of my singers that I love. I would love to do, you know, do a, a, a thing with him because he's he's one of the best, you know, that I feel in the Salsa era. I, I love his style. And that's he, the style. he had the, yeah. he
2: had the best streak in Salsa history album mm-hmm. after album, hit after hit for about 10 years. He was just killing it. That's my comparison to Freestyle. Some people say that salsa is dead, just like Freestyle. And, of course, we know different because these salsa concerts, these Freestyle concerts
1: are always packed. Yes, because everybody loves to hear the old stuff. And that's what's good about it. When people, you know, when, when you have people come out and, and, and support you and what you do, especially in the salsa era and in the Freestyle, you, you can compare it. It's the same thing. People want to hear the classics. When you do something new, it's kind of OK. But the classics are the ones that, that they really like and saying, OK, this is what I want to hear. Like the and more, you know, if I do, you never find another love. If I add something to it, you know, like a sasa thing, everybody, wait a minute, you changed it. Right. So I'd rather you give them the classic. The members
2: of and more were yourself, Angel Cosme, Juan, Frankie Cutlass. How did you get that deal with Mic Mac Records?
1: It was because of Sapphire. Sapphire was like the sister to us. It's funny that you say that because she actually told us to go to Cutting Records, and we did. I sang I sang for Aldo on Cutting, and he, he said, oh, man, this sounds good, but right now I can't fund you to go into studio. So he didn't have the funds because he had already a budget that he was working with Sapphire and the other artists that he had on his label. So he was over, over budget, so he said, man, I can't You know, I can't. Give you money to go in the studio, see what you can do, you know, and that this is awesome. So I said, okay. So Sapphire goes, uh, she told us, I know somebody else we can take you to. She introduced us to Mickey.
2: It's ironic that Sapphire did the same thing for Cynthia, introduced her to Micmac Records. And it's pretty cool that she was always hooking people up. It's
1: pretty cool that she was was, always taking care of people. That girl got a heart. She has a big heart. She always had a big heart. Uh, That's one thing I can say. It's like family. It was like, we grew up in the same neighborhood. It's a blessing to have someone
0: like that around Subscribe to The Freestyle Club. Freestyle Club. Free, freestyle Club. On Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Visit thefreestyleclub.com. The Freestyle Club. The Freestyle Club. Let's talk
1: freestyle. I did some research, and uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Discogs. But it has on there someone named Olga and A B as part of the members of the group. No. No. That's <laughs> incorrect. A that, B came, that was down the line that I told A B to come down, you know, this is when already, and more was already established and I started performing on my own. We got together and we collaborated on Soul and Fire. He's the one that wrote the song, and Alvaro Cabrera was the one that produced it. So you know it was it was it was nice. It was you know it was a nice collab. How did you feel when uh, AB went and remade it without your vocals? I was disappointed. When you have someone that close, you know it's just it was upsetting. But we spoke about it. I called them, and we cleared it up. And uh, it was something that happened, and it was something that I, I felt that it shouldn't be touched.
2: Yes, and of course, you'll never find another love was also remade. Uh, by yeah. by another artist how did you feel about that or did you not find out for
1: a long time basically i still keep, keep in touch with media and that sense that people you know i know a lot of people and um, they always come back and say "Yo, this is what's happening Yo, this is what you know this guy did this this guy did that you know and i was like so I, try, I was trying to find out more how all this went about most of the time remakes don't compare
2: to the original Anytime yes. you remake something from an original, you're going to be put to task and people are going to ridicule you. You may lose some audience members or, or support because of the fact that nobody wants anyone to mess with a classic. Yeah,
1: well, I appreciate that. <laughs> I just know that it's funny that you say that too, also because I, went, I had an incident that I had back in the days I was injured. I, had an, uh, I was in one of my shows that I was going to and it was in Queens. I was in a limo accident and I had hurt my back, you know, really bad. And um, so I was out, out of the scene for a little bit. And there was this young cat that was going around saying he was me. So he was, <laughs> he was taking pictures, uh, you know, and, and he took a picture of him and two girls on a car. And, and there was a black and white flyer that was going around and he was saying that he was me. He was going to be at this particular place in Brooklyn. And uh, me and a friend of mine, he drove me out there because I was still in crutches. We went out there and we went to the club and, and I paid I paid uh you know I, I paid uh a tribute to the place and, and I spoke to the owner and, and then they were shocked. And they were so shocked that they told the kid, Don't even come to the club. Don't cause he was supposed to perform that night. And um so the DJ he was so pissed that he goes, You know what? Since you're here, won't you perform? So <laughs> he gave me the money. And I started performing and then I did you know, I did just one song and I made pretty good money then. I was like, okay, this is cool. And, um, but other than that, you know, the kid, I never heard about that kid. No. More. So I guess he learned his lesson. I guess he thought I was hurt. So it would be to take advantage of that. So yeah, the rumor back then was that
2: you were retired. That was a rumor. The rumor back then was that you were retired. You were not performing. And I guess since people don't check, And this is still happening in Brazil right now. People don't check or don't care on who is a person that is uh, the performer, who is the singer of the song. They just care that the song is playing and someone is lip syncing over it. That's why our music has a lot of uh, black marks, because they don't check for authenticity. And then when this was happening, there was no social media like Facebook. There was no checks and balances. Now it's pretty easy to do that. And even with that, people are like, they don't care.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know how it is. If they try to make a buck. You know how that goes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, trying to up the game now, you know. I, it was not that I retired. It was just, I went through a phase that I was injured and, um, but I came back little by little and I was going to retire one time That I was like, you know, I'm going to just give this up because I was just tired. People was like, no, you can't do that. And then when I did that, I told them that I was retiring. All of a sudden, I started getting gigs. So I'm like, I'm having to keep doing this. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to use it as
2: a marketing scheme. Everybody's doing it these days. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And Moore's retirement party, you know, and and it's like these uh, furniture stores that are always going out of business and always (laughs) offering 50% off, but they're just moving from one place to the other. gift over a song where we discuss your catalog, you'll never find another love was your first release and mm-hmm. soul on fire followed something that, uh, to us is a phenomenon in new England. And it's a song about a woman who used a man because he had money materialistic girl. And let me tell you every, every broke person that I know would dedicate that song <laughs> on the radio. You know, you could have been, you could have had $5 in your pocket. You could have been on, on, uh, on public assistance, but you would dedicate materialistic girl to that gold digger that you dated that no longer
1: wants to be with you. That's the song that went underground, as, as you know, that gave me that, that, that lift. Because you see, the song went on, you know, underground and, and everybody just started playing it all the DJs, and which I thank. I thank all you guys for playing the song and having me exposed like that, which was awesome. That's what recognized the song You'll Never Find a Love as well. But materialistic girl was the one that was always been played by your DJs, which I you know I appreciate.
2: Yeah, it's cause we, we make pretend that we're flossing, but
1: we know we're broke. Materialistic girl, I wrote that song on the sixth train coming home from Palmer Parkway. I was coming from the beach, me and Frankie. And um and I started writing right in the subway. I was in the last cart and I was just kept writing and things just started coming off, you know, off the head. And uh, all of my songs is from an experience that I had. That's the Gold Diggers national anthem right there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Everything about that song is epic. The edits, the extended version, the break, and of course the writing. How did you present that song to Micmac
1: Records? I started writing it, and then I just started putting it together at home, I was just putting pieces together. As I was, as I cont- I was, I was continuing writing. It's, it was just coming to me, and things that I was thinking about, what I was going through. I was like, damn. It's like you, you know. I was putting. It was like a metaphor, you know. You put, you take the pride of a rich man. It's like where you get that, you know. It's like that just came to head. (laughs) So, and from there, I just continued, just, just continued writing, and, and it just became blossom. And I just went to Mickey. I said, "Listen, I got another song that I have that I want you to hear." And, And that's why I put it together. And I sang it to him. And again, we went, me and Frankie went into studio and did that as well. Because Mic Mac didn't touch nothing of ours. It that, but that, you know, I'm putting that out there as well because Mic Mac didn't, didn't produce anything for us. Um, whose idea was it, the hard guitar, man? That was awesome. That's me. I, I, that's one thing I love. I love his guitar. I love guitars. So I had the guy Papa John Michaels uh, uh, put that uh, guitar piece in there because that's that, I love guitar. I love guitar and I wish I learned how to play guitar because believe me, I would have came up with a lot of more songs, (laughs) but yeah, I told him to put that in there and it it felt perfect with the song.
2: We typically talk about contracts and and money because of course, you know, Micmac is known as the label that uh, hashtag guffed over a lot of people, right? It's a learning experience and people now can learn from
1: generation before them. So how was your experience? I looked over the contract. I had people look at the contract, and basically everybody was telling me oh, the contract is legit. So I'm like, okay, if it's legit, let's you know, let's do it. Because I was I was I was skeptical about giving my rights to anything, and because that that was the smart thing I was trying to do. And I gave it to someone thinking that maybe he'll give me under here states that if you do this, they'll take this. And for what I know now, I was I knew back then, because I wouldn't be had the way they did to me. And that was that was. That was kind of uh, shady what they, you know, how they went about. But it pissed me off. And so today, I'm kind of little, it ticks me off because someone that lives comfortable elsewhere with our monies and, and, and us, that we still, you know, I can't say I'm sure because I'm, I'm blessed. I have a job and it's a good job, but I always work, even though I sang and do my performances, but still, it, it ticks me off that you you come up and create this beautiful thing that you, you want people to know you as and don't want just come from underneath and steal it from you. And that's basically what they did. I used to always go up there and fight with Marvin Slack and Mickey, but it was more with Marvin. I was like, yo, wait, can I see the books? Because I know this song sold. So every time I used to go up there, they used to put, always give me the books that, that states that it, was in, it wasn't selling much. There was two books. Yes. yes. And I knew about that. So every time he used to see me, he used to turn red. Because I used to go up there and I used to say, listen, you got to show me how much this song is making. And I know it's making more than what you're saying it is. That's the way it came about. I was, I was very furious about that. And the way people are just living off our monies. But then again, when, when you, you're facing them and you're talking to them and say, listen, that was back then. What about now? Why can't you just give us back what belongs to us? With that... You always get, oh, I, I'm not the one that has the rights to it. Somebody else has to give you the runaround. You always did that. To so the people that are listening in, do your homework before anything. But now, now the way the kids are, you know, be smart about what you do before you get into a record label. Look at the contract. But now that there's no contract, you know, because now everybody's selling their stuff from Stevie Babies and all that. If they were doing that back then, it would have been awesome because every, everything would have been coming to us. But well, it is what it is. When you signed your contract with them, did they have you slated to record more than one record? Like, yes. you know, Mac Mac wants yeah. you to give them three songs or did you come back every time presenting a song? I, I, pre- I presented a song to them and Micmac, they offered us uh, on the contract. It stated that they'll give us, what is it, an uh, uh, LP? It was uh, more of a, I think it was seven songs or something like that, an album. Right. They do an album and they, uh, he breached the contract because we never got to do an album. Everything was all single. And, and everybody else had got an album. Uh, Johnny O did two albums. Cynthia did two. So what happened to us? You said you was going to give us, a, you know, you was gonna give us that, that opportunity to go in and do an album. So we was trying to set some songs up to try to go in and try to at least get at least five songs just to get into an album. But it was breached. Contract was breached. I was so pissed that I said, listen, just release me from this label. I can't. I can't deal with the bullshit. That's that's what got me upset. Did you ever see any residuals? Um, did you get any money? Yeah, that one thing. Yeah, one thing I did. I, I my my see my, 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 my song is copyrighted. I I copyrighted the song before McMahon. Because what they did was they copyrighted the song right after me. My song is copyrighted. You know, I got all my rights there. And I got you know, got it copy I have it on you know, from ASCAP. I got Materialistic Girl and also You'll Never Find Another Love. This is what when, when when they went into to you know I went and I looked up and I went into ASCAP. What they did was they, they recopied my song, and that's what they did. And, and and but then I was trying to get a lawyer, but the lawyer was trying to charge me two hundred dollars an hour just to read contract. So I was like, "Yo, I don't got that kind of money." You got to love those eighties
2: and nineties lawyers that were charging you two hundred dollars an hour and then know that yeah. you couldn't afford it. Exactly. So that's,
1: that was this, that was the flaw right there. Because, and then the thing is that most of, most of these lawyers knew the labels. So it was basically, you was going to lose
2: anyway. Did you receive any money up front for your production? Did you receive any royalties? Did you receive any money from Micmac for the sales? I did. I
1: did. I did, I did some, like I received some, you know, some funds, for, uh, some funds from Micmac, but uh, it was very little. And then I never, then I received from ASCAP very little as well, because I found out that he, um, he blocked everybody that was on the label, and whatever goes out, like it's played on YouTube or whatever, that goes to him. So, a Micmac. So anything that's put out there that's ours, that all the songs that are out there, we don't see residuals from that. What I collect right now, I got into more of a sound exchange. I know you probably guys know about that. The sound exchange is the one that's collecting my residuals. I'm getting paid with that. And um, that, that's fun to me. And, and let me tell you, they're doing a great job, there. Cause they they they, they collect them, and those people that are out there, this young guys. If you guys write, you know, if you guys wrote a song or whatever, go in and into Sound Exchange, man, and recoup your money. Cause that's what they do. But uh, yeah, that's basically you know, that's that's what they did to me. This is the Freestyle Club. You bring AB into the fold. AB was you no, know, he wasn't doing none at the time. He used to hang out with us, me and my role manager. And I say, yo, hey. Would you like to get down and be part of the and more? We can do this together. And he goes, yo, you serious? I said, yeah. He goes, let's do this. From there, we took off and we used to practice. I used to have him do some steps. We started doing 10 steps, routines. If you go way back, if you look at, I don't know people. I know people got videos of the, you know, like VHS because there wasn't no videos back then. Phones, <laughs> it was VHS back then. So they have us performing all over the place, doing dance steps and all that, which was awesome. So he that's and then all of a sudden, when we started performing Find another love materialistic girl, and I decided, hey, okay, why not do another song? That's when Albert presented that song to us, which was Soul on Fire. He told us that we, want, you know, we wanted to do it, and I ended up having also my my dancer get involved in that too, uh, uh, Topaz, because she sang, and, and so we all did it together. We all you know we all collaborated on that song, Soul on Fire. That was your hardest hitting song.
2: When it comes yeah. to the production, all that pop and circumstance that you have inside the song made it a big crowd pleaser. But um, nothing could beat that momentum of Materialistic Girl <laughs> because, because of the fact that you know we all we all front and we all want to make pretend that we are the rich man that she used. <laughs>
1: From the three songs that you did with Mic um, Soul on Fire, you didn't—you had nothing to do with the writing or the production on that one? No, I didn't. I didn't. That was Albert Cabrera and that was uh, Angel Ramirez. And then I did the Let It Go with Metropolitan. That was on uh, Metropolitan Records. That was uh, with uh, Charlie Rock. There was some time between that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we did. There was time between that. But you, you and, called yourself more and more. What was there a change? Because Charlie Rock didn't want to have a conflict with Mic using and more. And I said, "Dude, but it—you it, know—it's my name. It's, you know, it's the name that I use. That's not—you know—it's not imprinted and and, and there on their thing. Because more and more and more. That's why I put more and more. And okay, let's just do it like that and just leave it like that and well, let's go with it. And the one who wrote that song was uh, Ron Esco. So we did that and uh, and it it was, it it was fun to do. It was a fun song to do and it was on Metropolitan Records. It was a compilation that Charlie Rock wanted to do. So." I said, all right, cool. Cause we're cool like that. I said, let's do this. How about Metropolitan? Was it better there? No, I just did that song. It was just being a compilation. It was me and some other artists that did a collaboration for, for Charlie Rock. That, that was something that he threw together. It was nothing that I was on that label. It was just, it was, he was the one that was, I guess, on the label of Metropolitan. I just like I did a song with Artie that I wrote, Three Strikes as well. Once, twice, three strikes, you're right, you just Yourself, girl. I found you out. You say that you wrong? Just took it for
2: granted. Let me on. Part of arty and Friends, which also went to micmac Records.
1: Yes. Hey, oh boy. wow, right. it is <laughs> <laughs> This is me putting vocals down there all over the place just to, to keep the name alive. When you're booked and doing shows, do you perform the other two songs? Yeah, I do uh Solar Fire. Uh Let It Go, I haven't done. People just wanted to just to get to the point and find another love, and and they kept asking for that song, you know, find a materialistic girl. So I had a solo fire that just to keep to elongate the, the, the show. But other than that, in the future I'll probably do it again. I, I'll come out and do all, all four songs. I don't mind. And when you're up on stage, it's like you lose it. It's like you you're in another, another world, and that's what I love. I love to entertain my fans. You know, I love. It. What about new music? Are you planning to release something new? Yeah, I have I have stuff in the works. And now I got my little studio in my house, so, and I have also another studio that we work out of with all this that's going on right now. So every, everything is just falling, falling into place. Little by little, but definitely in the future, I have something. So that's exciting that we've got that to look forward to. <laughs> Probably do a little Sansa song. to two, one single, that's it. Who are your Sansa influences? Alberto Santa Rosa, Victor Manuel, and also Tito Nieves. I love the style. The way they put their vocals together and, and blends in. And I love that. I grew up in that. I played Congas. I played timbales. I played Bongo. I still keep in, the, in, my, in my roots. Me and uh, Mambo Lebron, we, we spoke about that to do a track because I wrote a song. And hopefully, maybe I'll just throw one single out, Sasa, just to see the response.
0: Subscribe to the Freestyle Club Podcast at FreestyleClub.com. Um, go!
2: Well, what about in freestyle? Uh, who are your influences? Who are you still close to? I'm close to everybody.
1: It's just the fact right now is everybody's doing their thing, and it's hard to really reach a lot of people because they are either, either busy or I can't get a hold of them until next time. But me and Naya, that's like that's like my sister. Naeja was the
2: influence for you coming on this show, and I want to thank her because we did a two, yes. we did a two part episode with her, and uh, we got a great response from it. And she was so honest. Uh, we had to cut some stuff off from the podcast because <laughs> we everybody got emotional. I mean, we got emotional like right in the like three minute mark. You know, we're already like getting all choked up and stuff. You know, and uh, that's the yeah. kind of bond that we have with her. So I I thank her for vouching for this program, so you're able to come on and and you're able to trust thank us to talk you. to you. Thank
1: you. You've had an interesting journey in your music career, and what I what I love is you've collaborated with a lot of people on, on all of your projects. And we had Andy Panda on, and he talked a little bit about that too. So I was wondering, who's someone that you've always wanted to collaborate or work with that you haven't? There's quite a few. It was me and Noel. He went up on stage, and we started singing his song. And then he came up, and we started, and then he started singing my song. And he always told me, yo, bro, I love your fucking song, bro. I wanted to That stood in my head, and I am like, yo. That's, that's one person I would like to do, do a collaboration with which would be awesome It'd see be, so you need yeah. to make that happen bro <laughs> oh definitely yeah definitely in the future definitely I mean now I got my studio so man, I can just tell him to come down and, and we can just do something it's on him though that and then collaborate with my girl Naya yeah that and, seems like a no brainer right well also Chris Yais that's another one because you know I wrote Love Desire Naya. I'm the one that's singing in the background with this girl named Jeanette. We're the one that's going, love desire. We're the one that's doing in the background. You know, she is, she's a blessing. She's also
2: scheduled for a future episode of the Freestyle Club. She does a lot of volunteer work and she does a lot of things altruistically. Once she's done with dad during the summertime, she's going to come on the shows. Do you listen to any of the
1: current freestyle music? Oh yeah, I do. The Zammy Zone's running. That caught my ear. I was kind of shocked with that. I was like, man, you kicked ass on that song. Let me tell you, I listen to New School. I want everybody to know that just because I do it, I listen to everybody's stuff. And, and sometimes I don't know the names of some of these artists, but I listen to them. And let me tell you, these artists are great, man. They got a lot of great artists out there. The young cats are doing their thing. And just, just keep going. Just keep doing what you're doing, man. your little uh, Willie Valentin's daughter. That's kind of shocking to me, too. I was like, wow. This little girl got vocals. She got talent. Yeah, she's <laughs> amazing. She's <laughs> awesome. awesome. I'm happy that they're continuing the, the history, and I love that. That girl, Ike, she got tremendous vocals. That's why I had to perform with me at, that, at that, uh, the Renaissance in Miami. That's awesome that
2: you say that, because there are a lot of new artists that are saying that your generation doesn't want to give them an opportunity, and here you are, you Ike, one song, you never did yeah. me right. When she came out, you gave her an opportunity, which is not something that is done by others so is that factual that the old school generation don't want to help or support the new generation
1: well i, I that i don't know <laughs> because to me like i said the new generation i always supported since back then when they uh, when um when willie valentine had artistic records i used to always be around them oh, and always supporting going to their shows i never had a problem with that it's good to always give people a break we're getting at that age that we're doing nothing, thing, yeah, but how long? How long can we continue doing this? With the new school, they're continuing the legacy, which I love that. And I'll give any, any, anybody, any new school, an opportunity to shine, especially to perform with me. I don't mind that. That don't mind at all. Because we did a gig up in uh, Orlando. I had, uh, had uh, the, the little girl come in, um, and, uh, Natalia. She performed with me. She performed on the same stage I did. So it's, it, to me, it's like, I love to see that. I love seeing that. It brings me joy to see you guys in the new school come up and, and doing their thing. I have no problems with that.
2: How is uh, Florida when it comes to freestyle right now? Florida, it's,
1: it depends where you at. And Orlando, it's more of a Miami's, definitely you're going to get crowd. Orlando, you get crowds in Orlando, definitely. It depends what club you go and hit. What else? Uh, Tampa is kind of... Mm. The Tampa area, you got to really hit, like, the arenas. Like, these big, big arenas, that's, that's the only way you can really catch that you know, electricity of freestyle fans that'll come out and naturally go see you. But to find a club out in Tampa, it's, it's kind of like, this is where I'm at. But other than that, Orlando and Miami is where I see that mostly you, know, you get the crowd at. Do you get
2: upset if you're not part of the big shows? Uh, because I know there's a lot um, of old school generation artists that get upset because they're not part of like the big fever shows or the big shows
1: that Charlie Rock does. Well, it's not upsetting. It's just like, okay, why I'm not in that lineup? I know what I can do. If I go up there, I know what I can do. I know how to catch the crowd. I know how to get the crowd going. So I'm a crowd pleaser. Put it that way. To me, like I said, I'm humble. And when I go, when I see that I have, I'm not in those lineups. And I know that why I'm not in those lineups. You step back and say, damn, okay, I'm not flying to New York. I'm not doing Radio City. Why can't I do Radio City? I know I can do that. did Apollo. I did the Apollo Theater back in the days. You got to look at the videos to see how Crow crowd reacts to the performer. That's how you at least you can analyze and say, damn, this guy he puts up a good show. Let's bring him on. But it seems like everybody has their own sort of oh, circle. So it's, that's just the way it is. It's like an A, B, and C list. So yeah. you know how that goes. Yeah, they got the A, B,
2: C, and then sometimes D, and then Y. Yeah. <laughs> the Y. <laughs> and, uh, and the
1: A, E, I, O, U, U, and, and sometimes black, Y. And the blacklist, yeah, when you get blacklisted. So it's, it's, it's a lot, it's a, you know, there's a lot that goes with this. I that's why sometimes I stay away from the media, man. I stay in the background, mm-hmm. but I get the feedback from people, my wife, she gives me background. She gives me the feedback because she's always on the circuit checking everything out. And that's just the way it is. You know, I stay away from the, the social media because of that reason. What do, you, what do you
2: see about social media? Is it a, a positive or a negative? What are the things that, that turn you off about it?
1: When it comes, It's, to it's neutral. To me, it's neutral. It can be good and bad. It can be good and bad because it has, it has leverage in which if you're an artist, that's a, way, a good way of actually introducing yourself to the media, to the people it's basically you're promoting yourself and which is that's a good thing but then when you get people that just go in there just to backlash and do all this great that that's that's a bad thing so that's why I stay away from that sometimes I come on and I say things posted one thing it was something that I said a long time ago and they people took it out of proportion and all of a sudden I started getting people that got on the site didn't know I said, yeah, you, you guys don't know what I went through or what I went through with certain people. So you can't just try to lash at me because you feel a certain way. You're jumping on a bandwagon of somebody that's out there. And that's what was going on with the media. That's why sometimes I just step back and just watch and don't say nothing. So what was it that you said? It's just a, something that I just put up that was always said. And I just
2: brought it to the attention. So let me ask you about credit why do you think it's so hard for people from your generation to give credit for things that were done back in the past now in 2019? Because I I seen some of the posts that you've had uh, previously on social media where you were talking about things that you did and who did what. Why is it that people are taking credit for other people's
1: work or not giving the proper credit? To be lavish and, and try to just take over. Just try to make it, I guess, try to make it their own. And they want to shine. And this is what it's all about. It's about shining. When, you when you're taking credit for someone else's work, that kind of like, okay, I, I left it alone. But when you start taking credit, and then you don't give credit when credit is due, that's when you start saying, okay, this is where it's got to stop. And I said it um in a nice way. I didn't curse. Oh, so This is just me. This happens all the time. But well, I wrote the song, and that's still just the way it went. But Why should you lie about something that you didn't have a part on, uh, just only music? But that's all it was. And people just started lashing. And I, there was two people that went on the site and started lashing. And I said, let me just keep quiet because I know myself. I'm from the hood, and I, I didn't want to get the hood in me. <laughs> I'm very professional in that. So you're, I stick, I you're stick booking you're
2: booking flights to Arkansas and Texas, and you're like, I don't even know who these people are, but I'm gonna book this flight. <laughs> But you know, yeah, I just kept it professional. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with giving credit either. I, I'm a traditionalist. I mean, I know where I came from. I know who I have to give credit to. I know the reason why, exactly. you know, I'm on the radio or the reason why I do a podcast. Uh, Nick Colon's a traditionalist. He doesn't care about giving people credit. But like in 2019, it's so hard now for anyone to say, okay, I didn't get here on my own. Even with, yeah. co- even with collaborations. Uh, you and more, you had a collaboration and you immediately listed everyone that collaborated with you. In 2019, you do a collaboration in January and by March, the collaborators are disbanded and you are cursing out the people that brought you to the dance. (laughs) And, you know, and and you say, me, 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 I did it all on my own. And it's like you're taking the Men in Black, uh, uh, the, the Mind Eraser and just
1: I did it on my own, you know? It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. But then, yeah, like I said, man, you know, I give a lot of props to a lot of these guys, young cats, man. Especially this kid out shy. I love this song. That, that you know, Jay, I, I heard it and I, I, like, I love this song. It's like, wow, that shocked me coming out like that. And I was like, okay, i give it to him. And the kid has talent as well. Like Absolutely. I said, you, gotta give talent, you gotta give talent. Yeah, you gotta give talent what talent is doing, man. And, and there's a lot of guys out there that have a lot of talent and i can mention i can sit and start mentioning the ones i know from the from back in the days but that's a lot there's a lot of kids that are coming out and I, and I like that i like to see that well
2: shy you know, shy to be has the number one song in 2019 so far yes because yes. you know you know he, he he introduced it on my show and i have to give him credit for that but i i also see that um there are a lot of people in our music that are new that need that that advice from the older generation cuz we need somebody like you and more to pull their ear and say hey this is how you really this is how you do things the proper way know know your role know your space know where you are on the hierarchy cuz once once a lot of these new artists and i'm not specifically speaking about one i'm just talking in general so i want to i want to put that out there most of them you know, and I can't include Nick alone because he's a student of the game, but there are many that they have a song, they get it played, and then their ego just boosts up, and they're superstars. They're bigger than Ann Moore. They're bigger than anyone in the business. They know what they're doing. So we need someone like you to take the time to ground by their ear and say,
1: come here, and then say, this yeah. is how we do well, this. Well, talking about Nick, Nick knows me. He knows how I am. <laughs> right, Nick? On yeah, definitely. Track? You know, so I, I'm, the, I'm the type of person, if I see something, hate. you know, but that's just the way it is. I try, you know, you got you to gotta school some of these kids and let them know this, this is the way to do it. You want to shine? You're going to shine the right way. Because uh, I, I know there's a lot of kids out there that, well, okay, yo, I sing better than he does. And I heard that before. And that's great. You can sing. But in order to, you, you got to be humble. You got to be humble. You can't be just going, so I'm going to shine and just I'm going I'm to do better than this no man just be humble and do your thing just do your thing show your thing and, and, and while you're doing that and you see how great you will be and things will open up things will just I don't know how much how, much, uh, uh, how you say it, light you can have when, you be, when you're such humble when you're a humble person and you go out there and do your thing the right way and the be the right people you got to meet the right people that's what it's all about meet the right people and you know how that goes. I do. And, you know, and, and you, you, when you, you, you know, when you're in the right people in the right crowd, you, you feed off of that and you become great. You become great at what you're doing. You become humble. You, you, go out there and you do your thing. You shine. Your music is awesome. To me, I feel that I see things, you know, that's what, like I said, I stay behind the, you know, behind the scenes, but I see a lot that goes around things that come back to me and I read. I'm like, wow, kid could be like this. If he was like this, and and there's a lot of going around doing. You know, there's a lot of kids doing that now. So, to me, you know, to me, just like I said, be humble, Nick. You know that, I, and I, I always love Nick. You also you got you got awesome vocals too. Uh, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know that it was a pleasure doing that gig with you as well. So <laughs> we did that Puerto Rico thing, right? Amazing. <laughs> so, like I said, every that that's a blessing when I can perform with new company or new school, I love it. And to me, it's not even new school. I don't even call it new school. I just call it, to me, it's just artist. It's just an artist. But, you know, you know, come on, you're, you're going to do your thing? Let's do this. You know, uh, let's, you, you're an artist. Carry the torch. Just carry the torch. That's what I say. Carry the torch. Any, um, any resentments in your career? Resentments? Um... Just a label. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty big one, right? <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 that speaks for itself, the label. And what you could have, that label could have been, let me tell you, I was at it, and this is the truth. MiG um, Mac. I remember Columbia coming up to Mickey and telling him that they wanted to pick up Big Mac. And he told them no. Columbia Records. And that was crazy. I was like, what?
2: and look at what happened. It was destroyed. Yeah, man. I remember being told stories on how the back catalog of the CDs were just dumped in a dumpster. All those CDs were just there in the trash compactor being sent out to be destroyed. I'm like, you know how many bags I would have brought to those trash cans (laughs) to take (laughs) those compilations, you know? And yeah, I mean, to this day, I would have, a, I have a, a closet full of Micmac stuff if I could. Yeah, I,
1: well, I used to go up there. I used to collect. Since I wasn't getting royalties, I used to go up there and collect my things. I used to collect, you know, CDs and all that. I used to have doubles of everything, triples, give them out.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're not the only one. Uh, we've, we've gotten stories from Niaja, Willie Valentine, and people that uh, were in your same situation. And I wish that we had a good label now that would. Invest in artists but also pay them what they mm-hmm. earned for the company. Exactly.
1: And let me tell you that you, you earn more respect doing it that way than just having people trashing you or or backlashing you. You know, if you, you got a label, if you're gonna have a label, just be honest. Give the give the artist what he, he wrote the song, just give him his rights. If you publish, let him publish it. You're the label. Just collect your half of your little bit of what you get and that's it. Don't jerk you know, don't jerk the artist. And that's what happened. Like I said, if I know what I know now, back then, that shit wouldn't have happened to me a long time ago. I wouldn't have nipped that shit in the ass. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Now we're in another century. So now we're going to have to just move on. It pisses me off, I think, about it. But he's living off of your, 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 your work, your talent. And, and that's what happens, man. When people just live off of your talent. They're you know, living a nice life, you know, a nice house. And you're weird. I can't say that I struggle because, like I said, I'm blessed. with What I have, I have a good job. I work for federal government, so you know I'm good. But my thing is, my thing is my music. I love my music. Sometimes I get in a little rut. That sometimes I don't even come into the studio because my little studio, because it's like not getting praying for it, but it's just too much in my head. It's like everything is just everything is just moving around my head so much that I'm like, damn, I can't even think about what I want to do. Sometimes I sit on the, on the computer and I'm ready to start something. I get up. Listen, uh, let me just move away. So it's, that's, these are little ruts you get into.
2: Yeah, everybody has writer's block or, or that, yeah. that brain fart when it comes to being creative. But I, yeah. I think that your voice has carried uh, this music for many years. I don't want to say how many because I don't want to make you feel old. But, um, no, no, you know, this, I appreciate this, this yeah. is, you know, over, over two decades. People are like, what's a decade? <laughs> but uh, and, and so I'm so glad that you're open to helping others. I'm so glad that you, you listen to new music. I, I'm so glad that you are at the epicenter of, of an area where freestyle still flourishes. And that's Florida. And I'm glad that at least you're there to guard some stuff and give advice to people that need it. So I'm grateful for that because at least some people
1: are getting guided correctly, right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. relaxed. Like. You Just got to be like I said, man. People, do your thing. If you're you an artist, do your thing. That you want to sing, sing. If you could, that's the way you express yourself. Go do it. If you got good people around you, that's better. That's that's even better. And if I can help an artist, you know, like back in the in the future, you know, one of the young, you know, young cats. I bring them up here in my studio. We do a collaboration. That's that's even even better. I, I don't mind that. That's that's just me, because I, I don't think that you close doors on people. I, and that's one thing I always learn: never step on toes, because you never know what it could come back at you. Absolutely. And and that's why I'm always the way I'm. I'm, I'm always the same person I always been back in the days since since eighty eight. Which I won't change either. Hands down, in your career, what would you say? is like the craziest moment that you've had or something that impacted you that just stayed with you all this time. Like in what sense? Um, just like, I don't know, maybe it was a, a time performing on stage with someone or, or just like a crazy story of something that happened and nice things, things that people that. don't know about. Oh, I got crazy stories. I got a lot of crazy stories. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Especially out here in Florida when we first came out out here in Florida. It was a big tour that we did. It was Jaya. It was me, Jaya, Coro, Artie. Uh, I think it was Fast Forward. It was a whole bunch of us. We, we did the fairgrounds out here. So I think it was in Tampa, up here in Tampa. And Sande was there. Tony Moran, the Bland Rascals. It was nice. It was awesome. And we was all in the same hotel. Crazy. Coro, with his crazy self, he went and ordered like five pies of uh, pizza. And let her rest in peace. He sent it to Sande's room. <laughs> <laughs> and she came knocking on my door she came in broad with a bra, you know, with bra and i'm like yo this girl's crazy she i said go no who who, who's the one that sent? somebody ordered pizza i said i didn't want no pizza she goes they sent me five pies upstairs and i know it was so I, <laughs> <laughs> and it was Coral. And, wow. and but it did that was that was us back in the days our uh, laissez-faire was there as well you know, let me tell you it was we had a pajama party, the girls from the pajama party. They were awesome. We Let me tell you, we had that hotel. It was all for us. That was a great moment. That that, that Back in the days, that was a great moment. And I still have that flyer. And maybe I'll, pu- I'll probably put that flyer up on one of my, maybe a throwback days. Maybe on a Thursday, I'll probably throw it up. Uh, that flyer, that good moment. But uh, yeah, we had a good time. It was actually a had nice, diverse lineup. Uh, oh, you know, all across. The, the mix-up of the artists that were there, because you don't see that often. Usually, it's just the same people over and over. Yeah, yeah, yep. It was Jaya, me, Artie. uh um, Faire, pajama party. Then we got Jaya, like I said, it was all. And Sunday, and Sandé with all the Sande pizza. And Sandé.
2: <laughs> it's funny that she went straight to you. Why? Because you were you were a pizza lover, you
1: know? No, it's just. <laughs> she, she was going. To, I heard that she was going from door to door. So, <laughs> so she course, she went in and she goes, who we'll ordered five pies and sent it to my room? I didn't order five pies. And it was, it was, uh, it was Coral with his pranks. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, he, he's step he's step still step doing step
2: it, step. it now. I've seen that
1: chicken stunt that he had uh, a hey, few, yo, a few months you, ago. That's my boy. my boy. He's like, you know, he's crazy as hell, but it's that sense of humor he has. But he always kept it real, which is cool. That was, that was us back then. Until now, if we're we still the same, it's because we enjoy it. You know, we enjoy that, that life in us. Just because we're getting older doesn't mean that we can't enjoy the life that we have. Just the way it is, man. It's just got to enjoy life now. Right. You never know what, happened, what could happen tomorrow. We, never, we can't even predict the future. So we enjoy what we have now. I'm just glad. I'm just happy that you guys have me on, you know. Yeah. I, I know a lot about you, CBR. I know, you know. Uh-oh.
2: <laughs> no, but it, worry, i, 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 just I was i, like I was just yeah.
1: accused of, of of cracking on somebody with ptsd what what else have you heard oh no, no, no. i'm talking about i'm talking about it in the sense that you know you know i i know the way you are you're straightforward and i love that that's what you need sometimes you know you need people like that i, I love
2: then, i love to be a traditionalist I, I love this business i i i love this music i wouldn't put up with the shit that i put up with on a daily basis believe you me uh, but uh, I'm a traditionalist. I just I was listening to David Lee Roth going crazy. Uh, the the album, the one that he looks like an Indian with, with a bunch of feathers in his face. And then okay, I okay. and then I tuned into a radio show that was playing freestyle and I never looked back. I don't listen to anything else but freestyle. So it's crazy. You know, it's crazy to me. And, and it's a Yeah, and more. It's been an honor to have you here on the Freestyle Club. As uh, it is customary, we do something called the Pick Hit of the Week.
0: This is the Freestyle Club
2: Pick Hit of the Week. Welcome to the Pick Hit of the Week. Of course, it is customary for our guests to uh, let us know what their Pick Hit of the Week is and more, what is your Pick Hit of the Week? Shine with all my heart.
0: torn apart you've been lied to if you give me the chance i will show you all the pain inside your heart
2: so much for joining us i appreciate you how can people get in contact with you
1: for bookings well my wife you go on my 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 fan page i have you know my bookings on my fan page you can go to the the original will and more and now you can follow Evie on her fan page so she has a facebook and she could connect me you know you can connect to that and she, that's how I get my gigs through her. Well, thank you for joining uh, us. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, guys. And, you know, i see you guys one day. I, <laughs> I mean, it was a pleasure talking to you tonight. All right, so definitely. Thank you. It was a pleasure. My, a pleasure is mine. All right, guys. Thank okay. you. Nick Colon, what is your pick hit of the week? My pick hit's going to be
2: my boy, Sean Dave, partly away away. Did you pick that already? I'm going to keep making it, it's my favorite song <laughs> It really is, like, I really have loved the record As I walk through
0: the shadows of heartache Thought I'd never find true love again
2: here on the Freestyle Club. My pick hit of the week comes from the Dark October compilation, Karen, and you took away my life.